Taste it. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the unbougie food When you're cooking at home, want to set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the unbougie food Good morning, good morning, St. Paul. This is your Unboozy Foodie, Wesley Wright. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again so much for tuning in to WEQY 104.7, the voice of the East Side. This is your unbougie foodie, Wesley Wright, uh, here on a wet Saturday morning. Horrible. Boo. It's supposed to be nice, bright, and somewhat sunny, I guess, but again, maybe that's later on in the day. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in with me. As always, I really want to first thank you, the community, for just supporting WEQY and specifically my show, The Unbougie Foodie. You know that I am here every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on 104.7 WEQY, the voice of the East Side. Uh, I would like to give you the opportunity to have a conversation with myself as well as my guest, my special guest that I have in the booth with me. Uh, but first, you need to know what that number is. So that is 651-200-3479. Again, 651-200-3479. Um, make sure you use that number, please, because we're going to have an interesting conversation. I, I do believe. I do believe. <laughs> uh, so let's get started with the show. But um, Let me first introduce uh, my guest. Uh 2006 graduate of Le Cordon Bleu, Chef Jametta Raspberry. Hello. Thank you so much for being here with Thank us. You for me of course. Uh, this, uh, it's actually my pleasure, really. Um, I want, I would like to actually give everyone an opportunity to learn more about you if they're not familiar. I know that I need to do a little bit of more research. So, if you could help me sure. learn more about you and also the community too, um, I think it'll be really awesome. Um, where do you want to begin? <laughs> well, first of all, just thank you for having me in. Definitely. And, um, give me an opportunity to, you know, just talk about yes, food please. and the industry. Um, this has been uh, an adventure and a journey for me. I, like you said, graduated from Le Cordon Bleu uh, 2006, 2005, 2006. And um, since then, I've been uh, kind of working my way up through the restaurant scenes. Um, started out, um, I don't know if you, if you, you weren't here, but we had uh, 
uh, fine dining restaurant called La Belle Vie with Chef Tim McKee. I'm very well aware. Mm -hmm. I have not, I didn't have the opportunity, but yeah, yes. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a hype back then and um, started out there and um, ended up kind of going around and, and you know, odding in jobs as, as a cook and um, eventually got the opportunity to cook at Butcher and the Boar, which is still standing um, with Chef Jack Rebel mm -hmm. and then uh, worked at Tilia with Chef Stephen Brown. Uh, that was pretty cool. And, um, you know, just been kind of working the grind, you know, for over 10 years now. And um, up until recently, a couple years ago, I started to kind of break off and work as a personal chef um, on the side just right. to make some extra money and um, giving myself an opportunity to uh, have my own voice in food and, and create my own um, recipes and, and um, plating and, and ideas and things like that. Totally. And from there, um, you know, I got a few clients that uh, I've cooked for um, for a couple years. And, and now, as of this year, I started out full time. Yay. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Raspberry Chef Service is basically, it's a one woman show, it's all me. Um, I am. I do everything. I that's a, that's yeah. saying so much. <laughs> yeah. It really is all across the board. And really, I'm just kind of opening myself up to um, be able to tell a story through food. And there's so many different outlets you have, um, from meal plans to coaching to um, to you know personal chef coming to your house and creating a beautiful. Um, dining experience and mm -hmm. catering, so um, any parties or all of that, I do. I do it all. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really, what I'm focused on right now is, um, you know, digging my feet into the ground and and making a name for myself. And uh, eventually, I'd like to open up my own space. Um, so that's where we're headed. That's awesome. Yeah, so Congratulations on all you. of that. Actually, thank you. Um, and I, I know that uh, I, myself, being a person, I'm going to say I'm not, I don't know how to put this, but <laughs> I'm a person that's been on this, uh, doing this show for a while. And I realize that um, I have to let chefs or restaurants, whatever, become familiar with who I am and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I was reaching out to all these different people. And I, I know it seemed kind of weird and everything for Who's this guy? The, the unbougie foodie, or, or the, what's the show about? Or whatever you know. And so uh, I've been following a number of chefs. You're one of them, of course. Um, and, and I saw a number of things that you've been involved in. I mean, what culinary fight mm -hmm, or whatever? Mm -hmm. How was that? That you was know? that was a um, an amazing experience. Really? In fact, it happened um, kind of an accident. Okay. I, I had saw it on social media. Um, this guy was traveling around and, and doing this culinary fight night, and I secretly am a competitor. Nice. Like I, I <laughs> like food fights, and I love doing that. When you get the opportunity to work in a kitchen, after you shut the kitchen down, some of the cooks they're like, "All right, let's have a battle." Oh boy! <laughs> and we'll battle off and in kind of the um, using the ingredients that the restaurant needs to get rid of or whatever, and and um, kind of the rules of it is, you know, you have whatever the time regulation and the uh, the limited ingredients. And um, 
after that, whoever loses gets to clean up the whole kitchen while everybody watches. <laughs> so um, that's kind of just been like kind of my thing, my like, you know, secret passion. Like I want to, you know, compete and show people that, um, you know, I, I have a, a, a place um, in the industry. So that being said, this guy, he was uh, traveling, doing this competition and I just inquired about it. I just was like, hey, what what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, well, would you would you be interested? And I'm like, well, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. And the next day, my face was on the flyer. And you were like, I was like, oh, well, I guess I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm competing. Yeah. You know, so um, so that being said, the first round we did, um, there were four other chefs or three other chefs, sorry, four of us total, and I won. You know, I had not, and I was like, it was funny because my first reaction was like, oh no, I have to do this again. You know, yeah. So there was another um, championship, but um, it just actually the the promoter had uh, some health issues, right. so we weren't able to finish the competition. And finalize it, yeah, right? finalize oh. it. Yeah, but uh, maybe there's a next one, or I'll put one on myself. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. let's do some. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it. it the sky's the limit yeah, basically you yeah. know especially if being creative um sometimes we have to create our own spaces yeah. or our own things that we know that this is what not so much what i could do but mm-hmm. here's a talent here's mm-hmm. something that i have and i want to share it with mm-hmm. the world or community and so forth so yeah. i encourage it and that being said there might be another competition coming up in the next month or there so, you go. so keep be, your eyes out yeah i'll be watching <laughs> and i'll invite you <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, like I said, I've. it's interesting watching chefs um, do what they do or when I say from afar um, on social media and so forth, pictures and, and whatnot. And I feel a way of a connectivity in that in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any type of like aside from Facebook? Do you have any social media? Facebook uh, and Instagram. OK. And in fact, when I broke out on my own, it was it was kind of an all-encompassing thing. It's not necessarily just like, oh, start your own business. That's mm-hmm. so that's kind of a way for you to um, counter counterbalance this um, systemic problems within the food industry. Which we're going to talk about. Yeah, we, let's talk about that. But um, but it was how do we advance ourselves? How do we, cause, cause restaurants are old timey. There's a lot of old time rules and, and things that, you know, you work up the ranks to become an executive chef. And then after that, then maybe, you know, someone would ask you to run your own space where you're heading, um, you know, the, the restaurant and the menu. But what I saw was like, why are we, why am I following these old rules? And yeah, and I'm limited. And also you have Facebook and Instagram. And so I like to kind of um, self-proclaim like I'm an independent rap artist. <laughs> I'm an independent, you know, chef. So I'm starting my own business. I'm I'm out there advertising on my own exactly. and using these social media a- outlets. So I'm on Instagram, Chef Raspberry, on um, Facebook, Raspberry Chef Service, um, and using that to to promote myself, to share my pictures, to share my story. Um, I believe that's obviously the wave of the future. So yeah. let's start using it. Exactly. And, and yeah, it's it's actually worked out for me. And I strongly encourage that um, if you wanted to get your food vision or, or whatever out, share it with social media. Right. There are 
people are watching, they're listening to you and they care, you know. Very true. Yeah. Very so. true. That's that's awesome. Um you know, when I I love watching food. I, I what's the word? I'm trying to use a more more family friendly word. Sure regarding food and mm -hmm. posting them on instagram mm -hmm. anyway mm -hmm. uh food that looks very pleasing mm -hmm. and tempting to the eye mm -hmm. you know i love seeing that mm -hmm. uh and as a person i'm not a chef i do cook at home you know for myself and my cook for friends some you know certain things um but it gives me motivation as well as my creative juices start flowing like mm -hmm. oh crap that looks good. I wonder if I could do something similar. It might not be as elaborate as that and as beautiful, but at least it will give me a sense of, okay, I've done something similar. There's a chef out there and I followed them and you know, that's it's, right. it's exciting for me. Yeah. That's so how, I, that's how it goes. It's inspiring. Yes. Very much. And so. that's, and we, you know, that's the first rule, right? We eat with our eyes. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, so, um, that's the first page of the story. It's, it's the cover, you know, it's, Look at look at what I did yeah, and exactly. and get inspired and feel and food is is emotional you know it, it really is assuming it, it uh, consuming it is emotional and and for whatever reason it could be negative it could be positive but regardless that's where it starts exactly. and um and using that and really understanding that um, when you take a picture of your food or when you share that you're really sharing an emotional connection with people yes exactly yeah, so what started you. Um, down your path of culinary mm -hmm. i mean and maybe name some influences or individuals that mm -hmm. you really looked up to i mean i'm quite sure that it's family members and others but yeah or it could be i, I could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have this um story of like standing sitting under the grandma's table and the, and the flower falling on my eyelashes <laughs> and me being like i want to roll pasta for the rest of my life <laughs> no it wasn't like that in fact um it's kind of funny i just came from atlanta last weekend with my cousin or visiting my cousin and we talked about this she didn't know that this was the defining moment um for me but we would spend she's from indiana and she'd come up and spend summers with me and um, my parents were off at work and we'd kind of have all day in the summer to kind of stay busy <laughs> and um, we had very vivid imaginations and we'd go out to the park and pretend like we were in a different world and, you know whatever but um, a part of that was we would have to make a pic we wanted to make a picnic okay. so so we'd go through my mom's cupboards go through everything you know maybe we didn't have nothing we had spaghetti and italian dressing mm. you know so we're making italian pasta you know and chopping up some some onions and peppers or, or whatever it may be and we take it to the park and um pretend we were in paris or something oh and my had this picnic and um i love that yeah that was that was the first like moment where i was in control honestly of my own creativity mm -hmm. and and we would create things and and i wasn't necessarily pretending to be a chef or, or anything like fantasizing about being a chef but i felt like empowered at that moment to create and um that that's something that kind of stuck with me okay that um you know what i do is my passion for the food is a passion for the food but it's really the passion for the creation and being creative and and having that outlet to just um, put things together and, and tell a story in a different way. 
And I love that too. You, I mean, you keep continuously make reference to food telling a story, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned that because I'm, my next question is: Are there other cuisines, or what various types of cuisines do you really enjoy? You get into and are really passionate about. Does, is that an open-ended question or too open? It or? is. It's very open-ended. Um, but what I want to do is. I try to think of my food being progressive American cuisine. That meaning um, I want to dismantle this like um, identifying food through races, identifying food through cultures where we were like, oh, Chinese, Mexican, all of that stuff. Like we start with that. We're like, I want Mexican food and that only limits you to what you know. Understood. You know, and so it's not opening your mind. So I want to kind of dismantle that whole thing, if that makes any sense. It does. Where it does. The progressive, I've never thought about that, yeah, but no, I, I the progressive more education. Yeah, <laughs> progressive America, and where we really need to um, move into is that your neighbor is is making food that probably you've never had. But it smells delicious. It smells delicious, right? <laughs> and so what I'm intrigued by through food is uh, is food I've never, flavors I've never tasted before, right. you know, and, and um, not waiting for someone to be like, this is the right way to do something and being like, no, I want to explore. If I don't have money for a plane ticket, or, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got, you know, a couple dollars for some spices. Exactly. So I can, you know, would read something or see something and, and kind of going back as far as like God rest his soul, Anthony Bourdain was major, major in my life. Right. Very, very major, um, major influence because I was involved in um, an industry. Honestly, I wasn't exposed to early on. I didn't know about, I didn't know about this underbelly. Right. And when I read his book many, many, many years ago, and I'm sure for a lot of chefs, it changed my life where it didn't necessarily glorify the chef's or the cook's life, but it exposed, you know, the connection that you have with um, the, the system of, of restaurants, of, of being on the line of, you know, why are we doing things? Why are we here? Why, why are we kind of, um, I don't, I don't want to call it like self, not self, self inflicted pain. Sometimes it's like, um, you, you're burning yourself. Right. You're you're cutting up your fingertips and things like that. Like it's gory, but right. but you're still um, there. Yeah, you'll wrap it up and keep going, or chop that next thing or whatever. Yeah. But he exposed that it was like you felt like a rock star. It was like a performance, mm-hmm. and I connected with that. It really was for me like a performance where you'd hurry up, everybody, you get your band together, you'd get your your cooks together, you guys would get ready, you practice, and then five o'clock when the you know first the doors are open, the show's on, you Mm -hmm. know, and you're performing for four hours or whatever until the last thing. And you really, truly feel like a rock star if it, if all goes well, but even, you know, some of the problems is like that might happen. It's okay. You know, this is, this is a part of the show, you know, and I um, really connected with, with Bourdain with that was like, I found this, this sense of satisfaction in what I'm doing, um, even though it was, not uh, glamorous mm-hmm. um, from the outside looking in. I really did felt glamorous doing it. Of course, mm-hmm. I, I, along with Anthony Bourdain, though, mm-hmm. you know, and I definitely understand because honestly, he was a huge influence for me. I love to travel, mm-hmm. and I don't have the coins and mm-hmm. bills and everything to go Same. off and do that. Same. Um, 
but I love and enjoy other other cuisines or just I want to know the story behind mm -hmm. a dish or a meal or or going to some place you know and a, I'll say a street vendor mm -hmm. or having a you know streets dish or something like that which some folks some of my friends and just people around the world too have this kind of way or feeling about uh, if it's not a brick and mortar I'm not going to it or whatever the case sure. is you miss out on so many different experiences you know and opportunities to taste really great food mm -hmm. I mean yes it's nice to have something really great on a plate mm -hmm. you know I'm not denying that because I again I'm a guy that likes food you're a chef that enjoys you know creating creations uh, with food and so forth you know everyone does everyone needs food for sustenance mm -hmm. but then there are those experiences that you have separate from outside of a brick and mortar that you might have an opportunity while that person is cooking they're talking to you mm -hmm. they're telling you you know well, my mom made this you know when i was 10 or whatever and it just reminded me and i'm just adding my little extra to it and everything mm -hmm. you get to hear that emotional connection for them mm -hmm. and for me i pay attention to their expressions how it makes people look when you are actually eating their food mm -hmm. i mean standing right in front of them after they cooked it and they're seeing you enjoy it and hearing the sounds and smells and everything mm -hmm. um i always thought i was like a weirdo that way because some of my other friends are like can we just take this to go <laughs> you know can we go oh, to God, it? no <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> can we just stand here and experience all of yes. this? This is what I love. Yes. You know, I mean, again, not to knock um, going into a restaurant, but the stories that you hear from people yeah. is what I really enjoy. Yeah. And that's not to say that we can't really find out, you know, in a restaurant about food, but it's more personal when yeah. you're on the outside and you're having, you're talking to a vendor that is preparing something for you that's mm -hmm. what i really enjoy and i think anthony bourdain really showcased that in just about every one of his episodes of his show mm -hmm. anything when he referred to um uh, individuals um you know in either in his book mm -hmm. or in any of his writing um i think one of the things he mentioned was uh he enjoyed um latin cuisine or mexicans mm -hmm. and how they are they're the ones that are out there really working the field absolutely and bringing in foods that you know folks are talking about oh well i'm sorry i'm not like i mentioned before i'm not political or anything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but folks are like well i'm not gonna you know they're taking our jobs and this and that and blah, blah. Mm. okay but aren't these the same people that are actually bringing fruits and vegetables and so forth and putting them in crates and then having them shipped and everything mm -hmm. if those individuals were not doing that how would you get those? Right, right, right. How would you? Oh, be... and nine times out of ten, right. um, in any restaurant, there's some sort of a Hispanic or Latin guy, woman, right, in the back making your food. Exactly. Yeah. So you still want to? Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. But the stories. I, I say mm -hmm. all of that. There was a whole bunch of babble. Sorry, okay. <laughs> but it was. It's the stories. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you mentioned again that you know the stories that food. Um, you can experience it that it tells you mm -hmm. um and the expressions that you know when someone's preparing it and when they present it to you what it does mm -hmm. and yeah and if i can say something we kind of um i think our country has gotten away from that mm -hmm. as far as like restaurants um that it's it's now or has been about making money right making the business uh 
growing the business, which is fine, but um, we've completely missed out on why we're dining mm. with each other. And it's re- you're just consuming. Right. And I think we need to get back and scale back and, and get back to the fundamentals of why we dine together. Um, and that is to to interact, to have a connection, to be emotional, to um, to consume great, beautiful ingredients exactly. and um, things that uh, nurture us and nourish us. Um, so that being said, I, I, I think that Anthony Bourdain uncovered that whole, that was his point. Yes. Like you can go anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be the best restaurant. It's the dude on the corner you know very much you know frying chicken babies i don't i don't know i don't know like whatever understood yeah and 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 it's so it does it it doesn't matter what we're eating it's how we're eating right and and we're missing i think we're missing out on so much and i i would love you know in my future when i do have one my own restaurant would really focus on the dining experience as a, as opposed to um you know whatever i i think we need to get back to that Euro- european style um dining where you're sitting there all night okay. you know all night maybe 20 courses yeah. to the late nights and you're drinking and having fun and and um and connecting with the people and then that's a once in a lifetime thing and and you're really um sharing you can share that with your friends and and um, getting back to connecting with each other because I think we're just so Yelp is the only thing now that's connecting us, oh, and yeah. we know how we all feel about Yelp. Mm. Not saying anything yeah. about that, yes, but, but but that's where we're getting our our information from right, is exactly. is uh, is the computer as opposed to going um, out and experiencing and it experience yourself it and calling your friend, be like, "Oh my God, this right. was the best you know experience of my life." Like maybe there was a really good steak or something, but like. No, it made me feel a certain way, and and I want to go back. I want to um, interact with the cooks in the front of the house and the managers and things like that. They made me feel super um, welcome and, right. and and comfortable, and and you know, that's um, that's important to me. Mm, that's awesome. <laughs> that really is. What does I, I well. One, let me remind folks that, you know, please feel free to give us a call here and join the conversation. Again, it is 651-200-3479. Again, 651-200-3479. I am here with uh, Chef Jamera Raspberry um, with her company, Raspberry uh, Chef Services Mm -hmm. or Service. Um, What what would you like to or is there more to expound on your meals and the things that you do because i know that in the description and even when i was um you know uh, talking about the show before um, we for today um i mentioned it mentioned uh in the i don't know what you call it a description of, of the company sure. but but um it said about locally 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 grown and produced mm-hmm. um products if mm-hmm. you would produce i should say my tongue tied um as well as um uh, sustainably or what am i 
I'm I, trying I, to say yeah, the, 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 the meats and protein mm-hmm, and so forth mm-hmm. that you're uh, responsibly mm-hmm. um, sourced. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you finding that that is something that people are really they're wanting a whole lot more rather than the experience of going out Mm -hmm. to restaurants um are they feeling that okay this is a bit more more convenient way for me to have a meal for my family for myself as an individual Mm -hmm. yeah um well sorry for that no you're fine (laughs) i totally understood that's i think probably the the best part of this um so what i consider myself right now is a professional curator okay i am the professional i know um or I should know where the best carrot is in mm-hmm. Minnesota or Minneapolis, um, where the best meat to source or the fish or whatever. So what I want to do is, or what I'm doing is curating, procuring that for you. Nice. Um, and you know why it's so that's what I'm saying. It's not just about feeding you. It's mm-hmm. not just about me making money or anything like that. It's really about getting the best quality ingredients um the responsible ingredients to your plate um and inside your body and that comes with health benefits you know that comes with a lot of um i think positive trade-offs um and that's what i do i go out there and i'm like okay where does this come from who who the companies that i am investing in um are the ones that are you know just starting out um they need support i want to support um you know local farms and they're um i'm going to shamelessly plug like go ahead yeah (laughs) please you know (laughs) for example like urban organics you know they Mm -hmm. have a um aquaponics facility where they yeah oh my god like Mm -hmm. that's my heart man Mm -hmm. okay so they grow their own fish and they use Mm -hmm. the the water to um feed the plants and then the plants take the water it's and go cycle. back to the fish, mm-hmm. right? And so it's this cycle. And and which is, if you ever have an opportunity to go um, or look into it, it's a beautiful facility in the Schmitz Brewing, or Old Schmitz Brewery. Um, but that being said, their lettuce and their herbs are mm. amazing. Wow. They're okay. so buttery and delicious. Mm. And they're like, um, they're young leaves and things like that. So it's, um, so they just have this different flavor and also they're, they're local. Yeah. And so I try as much as possible to get those greens to your table um, and let you know about that facility. Right. So you, you know, can support that and support that um, that system of growing as well, um, because that is the solution to a lot of our food deserts here. Exactly. Um, and, and also, how can we get that? How can um, excuse me, I'm a person of color, I'm a black woman, and I know it, it doesn't translate over the radio, but I am. And um, my biggest concern is solving the issues that we have, the food issues that we have amongst our community. Exactly. And me being, um, you know, this is my profession, I would do my people a disservice if I wasn't out there like trying to get, to, to feed our people um, the best food to feed my family the best food. Of course. Um, and also um, putting these or, or exp- 
exposing these um, type of systems that will solve our problems um, to our to our own community. Right. Um, so that's what I that's the focus of of the procurement of the food. And then uh, the next step is using my experiences and everything I learned about being a cook, about being a chef um, and implementing those techniques into creating a magical um, dish. Um, so it's not just a regular consumption, Understood. that it's a special um, thing for us. And and I think with that, if we, if I can talk to the people, if I can have these conversations, if everything could have like a backstory right. or a purpose, I should say, um, if, if everything had a purpose, then we're living our lives a little bit more purposeful. Exactly. And, and we're connecting better and right? educating individuals within yeah. the community as well yeah. no that yeah, yeah, was yeah. wonderful Thanks. um uh i we talked about money mm -hmm, and funds mm -hmm. and things like that mm -hmm. I, I from for me it's i guess that's a, a subject that i want to approach um but i know i always have to do it kind of like in a way of the reg the regular consumer mm -hmm. uh you know do you know having the opportunity to go out and experience something like a 10 course meal mm -hmm. even a five course meal you know sometimes they're like oh my goodness that's gonna cost me an arm and a leg sure. what are there ways that something like that and it doesn't have to be i guess it doesn't have to be on like a whole global scale or huge or anything but is there some way that we could probably get more people to have those experiences and not mm -hmm. just those that oh well you know only these that live over in a certain neighborhood mm -hmm. could uh, afford mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. to those experiences or have those experiences mm -hmm. i mean i know that's like a, a putting you on the spot question mm -hmm. and everything but is there anything off the top of your head that you probably even envision or maybe even thought of and at some point yeah um well to be to be fruitful mm. you know kind of going back it's like um back in time if you had a tree an apple tree you you a tree that bared fruit right you 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 were the money maker <laughs> like mm -hmm. you you were able to serve the community um that's what we need to get back to now if it's a if it's a um a debate about the land or how how can we how can we grow it the technology is out there mm -hmm. and and really to understand that um food can be very very cheaply grown okay and really good food it's if it could be done responsibly um it could be done in the city okay um we've already mastered that you know and it's really getting the people behind that way of life and are willing to actually have that experience and do the work yep. and learn how to um yeah to make that happen we, correct yep we're okay. just starting to get grocery stores in the in the city mm -hmm. in the inner city um which is very very sad right um but it's it's progress it's a step it's in a the step direction and we need to go to. we do need to go to exactly. so so just having access to fruits and vegetables okay right. let's take that one step further um, are, we have community gardens. Right. Where Where is the food going? Are we making sure that it's going to our schools, our children first? It should be going to the children first. Right. But And then also, um, like, let's get behind these um, advancements and use that produce to serve or to, to, um, 
to as a resource for our community restaurants and and start investing our dollars and monies even though it's one dollar two dollar five dollars whatever it is into your neighborhood that that is going to then you know hire your people exactly um uh, continue to get those fruits and vegetables and he- healthy items that you really need and that you're looking for absolutely. anyway in the neighborhood. Yeah. And with that, um, how do we get there is through educate, just having conversations. It might not necessarily be, I think education is this big grandiose word, like, mm-hmm. like it's unattainable. It's not, um, it's just a conversation. It's just a, let's talk, let's talk, you know, who are the people, um, that are in the, industry what's the concern how can we solve the problem solve solving those problems immediately and making it uh, um, a priority um, I think with food it's so I say it's emotional but it's also um, we put we literally put it in our bodies right. you know we're consuming that we should be very much concerned about the poisons we're consuming mm-hmm. and so um, just we don't have to do it shamefully and be like, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't go to the, the chicken shack on the right. corner or whatever. But, um, you know, if there's an eatery or a, a bistro or whatever that we should be getting behind, let's get behind it. And then, you know, let's say what, wherever we're at, like, hey, I want I want a bread maker. I want a wine maker. Right. I want a whatever. And um, and and investing in those people uh, in the right people. And, and I think it. it it allows us all to um, prosper um, as a community. So uh, that's what I think is is kind of how we can do that. You know, if we step in that right direction, then we can kind of go back to the nuances of of you know how you like your whatever it is. Right. Fill in the blank. Understood. Um, that to me right now is not important. You know who who can make the the best looking plate? Yeah, it's it's great, but um, let's let's get some let's get some food into the into the hands of people who don't have access to it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that made sense. No, it did. <laughs> it, it did. It really mm-hmm. did. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want us to talk about you know some things that we I mentioned or that we said that we were going to um, touch on and mm-hmm. everything and. You mentioned already that you're a black woman mm-hmm. um and you know as a male i'm not even in the industry and everything mm-hmm. but just stories uh hello anthony bourdain as well as many mm-hmm. other you know individuals that have their own experiences and so forth within the culinary industry um they recognize and they say it it's a, a male dominated mm-hmm. you know industry mm-hmm. um what do you face um as a black woman Mm -hmm. um in this industry um just i mean whatever you'd like to share i mean because there i know that uh, at times just hearing stories and you can only do so much and understand that okay i could only understand from just your experience Mm -hmm. i i could only imagine Mm -hmm. you know please share if you would yeah sure i mean it was um very very often throughout my career I was the only woman um, on the line or especially the only black woman mm-hmm. um, with that you know in in m- multiple restaurants there was issues with sexual harassment um, hostility you know um, whatever and I think that goes 
that's a shared experience with just being a woman. Um, being a black woman, there's a bit of um, an assumption, a bias, um, and a stereotype that just people have. Mm. Um, and one one part of it is not being taken seriously. Um, and so I would have to work twice as hard to be half as good um, as if I didn't have a right to be there, right. which everyone else does. Yes. You know, you just apply, get hired, and you go to work. Um, I would go there, and it's just automatically assumed that I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And I don't know where that came from because I've been in the industry for so long. And let me tell you, it still happens. Mm. It still happens to this day. And um, what that kind of fosters is a, a bit of resentment um, in the individual, you know, in, in myself, where I'm going going to a place that I'm passionate, I'm doing something that I love, that I'm completely invested in. Right. You don't want to know how much my student loans are right yeah. now. Like they're through the roof. Mm. And I have a family, I have children. Um, so I, t I took my job seriously. Of course. I really cared about what I was doing. And it was just disheartening to meet people, to have bosses or to have coworkers that would treat me in a certain way because I, I'm not, I was unsure why, mm. why there was this bias or there's this um, automatic um, idea or construct that if you're a black woman in a restaurant, you don't know what you're doing. Now, does that, that sounds ridiculous just saying it out loud. Especially when, <laughs> you know, so many men or just chefs would automatically say it's, the women in their lives that really have influenced them yeah. in in any type of right. cooking. I mean, they're at in the kitchen with their mom, standing and you know, calls you over or whatever. Yeah. How whatever their experience is, it uh, many times I, I'm no, I haven't done any study or anything like sure. that. But I'd say at least eight out of ten folks are. Oh, it's my mom. Yep, yep, it's yep. my grandmother. Yep. It's you know, they were the ones that you know. I I smelled it. I the stories that I could tell you from just watching my grandmother cook something or, mm -hmm. or prepare something was what, you know, bolstered them and motivated them to be in the kitchen and further. So when they, when you have these experiences, when I hear a woman mm -hmm. such as yourself having an experience, it, it does kind of confuse me. It does mm -hmm. kind of like, that doesn't make any sense to me, but. And, and yeah. what I've, what I was just kind of grown into was that, so this, that was a new idea mm. that I was exposed to later in life and in my once I started experiencing it but what I knew when I was growing up is that it was really the the women I mean I don't want to say like the trigger word but um you know for 400 years it was black women <laughs> putting exactly. the food on the table you know they were they were the chefs they were the cooks exactly black men black women um, so a lot of the food that we eat right now that we're invested in these major corporation came influence. from came directly from exactly. black women. Mm. And so if not anything, mm. I think that you would honor them. And, 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 you know, where are they? How come we're not talking about them? How come we're not saying their names? How come there's how, no representation, yeah. you know, and how come we're not like Leah Chase? How come she doesn't have a show every day? Edna Lewis, how come we're not? There should be a whole class, a whole course on these women right. who are, who are, I mean, 
Leah Chase is 93 years old, mm. still working. And cooking. Yeah, still too. cooking. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? She should have commercials. <laughs> she, should have, she should have a whole building with her name on yeah. it, billboards. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that being said, that, that, that is a, a juxtaposition of our lives and that, and that I lived through. And, and me having to um, carve out this recognition or, or space that was that is rightfully mine. Right. You know, um, James Baldwin said, uh, what did he say? The crown has been paid for. All you have to do is put it on. Exactly. You know, yes. I put my crown on, mm. you know, and I'm, I'm claiming what's mine. Um, yeah. Even so if, even if you have to create your own kingdom. Yeah. Wakanda forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm glad I said that on the radio. Yay. Great. You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I want to talk some more, but I think, you know, I have a friend that is. We're having a. If you're on the east side, please. I hope you're not going to go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Good. There is a friend that is uh, actually. If you're familiar with um, Cipher Side, uh, they are having an event at uh, Indigenous Roots, which is right next door to the radio station. So if you're in the area, they are going to be having this. Gosh, it's a wonderful. And I can only describe it as B boy, B girl. Um, style dance uh, would it be a, co- a competition I don't know but uh, yeah they're going to be right next door and would encourage you to actually you know check out the performance but there is also Tracy are you somewhere nearby <laughs> hello hi Jametta Tracy. <laughs> this is Tracy Yang, my friend, uh, personal trainer of the Ooh, stars. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yay. Um, so I want to tell Jameta, um, I guess she, I, I was going to say what is my personal trainer, but you know, <laughs> circumstances beyond my control, that may change hopefully <laughs> in the future. Um, she, we worked my my butt out in boot camp but she is starting it please tell us a little bit more about um uh, your hot dog business oh yeah yes please so um like you mentioned today um cypher side next door whoop, whoop. at the indigenous roots uh cultural arts center they're celebrating their one year anniversary and then on top of that um i started a new hot dog food business called Groove Dogs. So, (laughs) (laughs) and um, so, you know, my cultural roots, my heritage, I'm Asian. And so I kind of took the hot dogs and then I put, I like incorporated Asian flavors to it. Mm. So that's kind of my spin and take on hot dogs. So, you know, doors are opening at noon. We'll be there till 6 p.m. So, you know, if you're in the mood for some good food, come mm. down. <laughs> you know, because you're, you, I'm serious. You guys are gonna, you guys are gonna be blown away by my hot dogs. So it's amazing. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm excited, and you know how I like to hang around the radio station for no valid purpose afterwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, today no, you have, have a very valid reason. <laughs> yeah. I see hot dogs in your future. Exactly. Yes. Right? Yep. I'll, be, I'll be right next door. Thank so you. please awesome. come down, have some hot dogs, everybody. And uh, you guys will definitely love it. So awesome. Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks so much for coming in and just yes. talking about that. All right. Now I'm back to the grind. All right. You guys know where to find <laughs> me. <Get ready. laughs> Thanks for taking a yeah. stop in. Bye now. Bye. 
So I, I wanted to give, I told her I would give her a few minutes just to kind of, um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, Groove Dogs mm-hmm. and the hot dog and everything. And I missed out on the opportunity of having a taste test earlier. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know what I was doing. I suppose I missed out, but whatever. It's pictures look good. You know, I always talk about pictures already. How my eyes, you know, they not my mouth salivates, but my eyes salivate. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Cry a little bit. Exactly. It's like, oh, I want some of that right now in me, please. <laughs> but um, I know we're near the ending of the show, but uh, I still want to give folks an opportunity if they want to just give a shout out. Please feel free to um, take a few moments and uh, dial 651-200-3479. You know, we are here for a few more moments, but I still wanted to uh, kind of touch on one more subject. Mm -hmm. And this is um, we've already kind of touched on it, too, but. Um, people of color having representation at the table mm-hmm. and people hearing them. I mean, what do we need to do? I mean, I, 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 you're doing it. Uh, well, <laughs> you are too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the only thing mm-hmm. I could think of. I mean, mm-hmm. I consider myself a bit of a, um, a food activist. Okay. Um, I should say more food service activists as opposed to like, um, food justice. My activism comes with um, really kind of bulldozing through this because because it's not if you're waiting for someone to open the door for you. <laughs> we already know that. Yeah, no. Yep. That goes without saying. Exactly. So really being um, focused on on bulldozing. And, and, and every time I have an outlet, I have a platform or using social media to, to stand behind these, you know, livable wages, right. he- lack of health care and um, uh, and food service. If we get if we make those changes, um, how we do it, who can do it? I'm I've yet to find out, but I have devoted my life to that mm-hmm. um, before it was kind of. Um, I was unaware that I was doing it because it was just my fight. And then I turn around and there's no um, young black women coming up doing the same things that I did. Um, And so that's a big concern because that means when we do have that platform, when we do have that outlet, um, we have to put people in the seats. We have to put butts in the seats. And so uh, it's, it's imperative that we are, number one, using the platforms that we have, but also speaking with our dollars for real, for real, mm. taking our money out of these places that are not supporting our people of color right. um, as employees and and that we're um, kind of exposing that too, that, mm. you know, maybe you shouldn't go work there. Maybe you shouldn't eat there. Um, you know, they're exploiting our workers and, and, really recognizing the places that are doing our people justice that are that are um serving with the purpose that are um you know have a um kind of a a construct to dismantle that Mm. the anti-food business i would say Mm. um so yeah what what can we do we just keep supporting Keep supporting the right people. I'm here for all the right reasons. It's not um, to to be the next top chef. 
that's not my goal. Understood. I actually have a, a fear of cameras and, 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 and attention or whatever. So um, I'm very, very adamant about having the ability to create a space that can be fair to the employee employees um, that really recognizes the disparities in the food system or in the food um, industry. Uh, restaurants are the largest private sector in the country. Um, so they're paying the most taxes. That's where all the money's at. Mm. Um, and we're seeing restaurants fail on a daily basis. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So there should be outrage within us all. Right. And we're turn around. We should all turn around, ask a question and say, how can we fix the problem and who's going to lead us to it? Right. Um, I'm just trying to do as much as I can as, as a professional, um, to, to make those small changes uh, for the next person because I want to see I want to I want to continue le legacy I have a daughter that um, if she chooses to be a chef I want her to be proud of it exactly you know and I want to be proud of her and and right now there's a lot of work to do especially for the black women who um, who want to create in this industry um, because it, it is I believe it is theirs to have you should you should have a seat at that table sit down it should be cushy right. um, pillow blanket all mm -hmm. of that stuff you should feel comfortable at that table too and so, not afraid to have a voice no yeah and and, and be willing to yep. talk about and mm -hmm. share and mm -hmm. and you know get your points or your opinions and so forth um, be noticed as valuable mm -hmm. and not just oh Oh, you said something mm -hmm. or oh, yeah, we hear what you're saying, but okay, we'll get back to it. Mm -hmm. No, it needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, are, they're probably facing that and not getting their voices heard mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, but they're not even at the table too. So right, right. yeah, man, I felt I learned quite a bit more than, yeah, I really did. Cool. I know that, I know that I did and that I felt, I know that I have. <laughs> I know that I have because, um, you know, I, I this show is about, you know, I, I say food justice or you know, focusing on ways of bringing foods into the communities or at least telling folks, um, you know, what sort of, you know restaurant in the community that they could go to or whatever. I feel like I would like to do more. Mm -hmm. I would learn how to like to learn how to do more and so forth. So um, though I'm a fledgling. <laughs> Uh, I want to surround myself with individuals that have the experience that know um, how I could help mm -hmm. or how I could in whatever capacity you know, might be limited or whatever, but to whatever extent is possible. So this I, show is I just want to say one thing it's very, 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 very important, very important to the community. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And, and just keep on at it. And I support you. And I think you should be great, extremely supported. Um, get louder get prouder like i i do really believe that this is what's needed um to as a as an outlet to fight back against um all these disparities in uh food service and and, and also just to have a different perspective of food period i i do want to do more and and thank you very much for You're that welcome. i appreciate that mm -hmm. um so much um gosh we are like literally coming to the top of the hour folks and uh i just kind of want to really thank you so much for being here i really do appreciate it um oh man does it have to end <laughs> does it have to end I, I don't want it to but you know i think it kind of does 
because uh, I don't want to try to run over you know time yeah. and everything. Like, Thank uh, you so much. Otherwise, I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. No, nope. we need you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, thank you again, folks, for uh, joining us. Um, you know, just taking a time to sit down with us and. Man, it was such a great conversation. I want to have more, so definitely know that it's going to happen. And as I end every show, uh, please never let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be because really, it is all about the food. Until next time, peace. Unbougie food day.